Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to photographer Perry, uh, Perry Cherry as part of our series on uh, Muay Thai photographers. Uh, as always, you can reach me um, on Instagram, MattLucasBKK, or email me at apiriedmatt.com. Lucas at gmail.com. Thanks as always to all the people that have supported me for, so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. Uh, I want to thank a few people personally for helping me out with my broken camera. Uh, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Waddell Galano, Chris Tran. Uh, thanks so much again for getting me going. Um, hopefully I will have a new project out soon. Also, after years of hard work, studying, and being in the game, I decided to publish uh, a Muay Thai encyclopedia on fighting in Thailand, a guide to the sport in the motherland. It's a series of interviews with long-term uh, fighters, including Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, Angela Chang, and others. Uh, it's a clear guide. It goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking a gym, fight styles, gambling, and more. Uh, you can pick up your copy... Uh, on Amazon as a print book or uh, as an ebook. Thanks as always to my sponsors, Nakamoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.nakamoylegends.com. Use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. Uh, lastly, thanks as always to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. Uh, he's doing some great things in California. Uh, despite the COVID situation, he's looking to expand uh, into another uh, gym. So I believe this is gym four or five for him. So he's really done a stand-up job uh, with the Valor training community. Um, and also he has uh, recently done some work with uh, developing uh, programs for COVID-19, which uh, has really hit the Muay Thai community really hard. Uh, but to introduce our guest for today, uh, so Perry... I got into Muay Thai. Uh, she was originally in uh, martial arts as a kid. Uh, she moved from uh, California to New York and uh, really ha had a bad eating disorder at the time. Uh, her program, uh, or she worked right next to Renzo Gracie Academy. Um, and her inpatient program for her eating disorder said like, you gotta do something that will make you eat. Um, because a lot of times when she's under pressure, she wasn't eating. Uh, so she thought to herself, well, if I do, uh, the sport of Muay Thai, I have to eat, otherwise I'll pass out. So that's how she got started or her foot into the gym. Uh, she'd been doing some writing, fight recaps, and, uh, she always had to use other people's photos. So she started, uh, moving into becoming more of an active photographer. Uh, as you'll listen, um, she's been involved in a lot of different promotions. Uh, she's worked, um, USMF campaigns. Um, she's worked with in fight style, uh, Friday Night Fights, she's shot at Glory, she's just been uh, all around and she really hustles hard. So uh, without further ado, the interview with Perry. Thank you, Perry, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking your time out, especially seeing as how busy you are. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Matt. I really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. Yeah. So um, obviously you've done a lot of uh, fight photography. Um, you've worked with uh, the USMF. You've gone over to IFMA. Uh, you've worked a lot on the East Coast and done some uh, content on the West Coast as well. What do you feel your strengths are as a photographer and um I know you think of yourself more as a journalist. What do you think your strengths are uh, in both capacities? 
I think um, as both a writer and a photographer, uh, I capture a lot of the emotional and human side of fighting. Um, like, I know it sounds maybe bad, but some of my favorite photos are the pictures I've taken of people right after they lose because you see a lot of raw emotion, a lot of like, you see how much people care to be involved in the sport. And I think my best work is around people with their teammates or with their coaches because in Muay Thai, I felt like I had a family and a community and I feel like that's what I looked for in photography. Mm-hmm. And why are why do you feel you're drawn to that uh, those raw emotions of people feeling lost and or like the tight bonds of uh, the trainers and the fighters? I think the way that I grew up, I always felt very lonely. Even though I would say like I've always had friends, I've never been someone who didn't have friends, but I still felt very lonely. And um, you know, like the support I had in California because I grew up without having really extended family. It was just my friends. And then moving to New York, which is a very lonely city, um, I re- I relied on my teammates a lot. Like, this is my family. This is my family. So um, the best way I could put it is like, you know, when you're drawing a picture and, or if you, you're doodling, you're doodling something that makes you feel good, like a flower or a face or something, something you do a lot out of habit that's how I feel with um photography like seeing people with their coaches feels good seeing people with their teammates like seeing that expression of love of friendship it feels really good and if you're someone who's in the sport uh depending you know how young you are how much older you are I think the older you get the more you realize um how this is very temporary Uh, and I say this in like you are not going to be able to train forever. You, you might not always be able to make it to the gym forever. Things in your life are going to start taking over. If you're a coach, you're not a fighter anymore, that kind of thing. So I think uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, people are aware of it and they really cherish this time that they have with these people in ways that they might not even with their own family or, you know, with work or other things, because those things sometimes feel very permanent. But Muay Thai it's not going to be with you forever in the way that it is right now. That makes sense. Especially, you know, people's careers change, they grow, especially since the sport in uh, the States right now is more of a hobby. Um, Yeah, definitely. It's not a job for a lot of people. I mean, some people make it a job for sure, but if you're doing it, you definitely have two or three other jobs that you're doing on top of it. Yeah, I, you're obviously someone that's, um, you know, has a fledgling career in the sport, which is very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, definitely kudos to you for that, Perry. Thank um, you. But you, you didn't really start off as a photographer. Uh, you started off more on the writing side, uh, doing fight recaps. Um, how do you feel like you've grown in your abilities, both as a photographer and a writer? So as far as growing as a photographer, I'm very, very lucky. And I say lucky because uh, um, people want to, when you have people who want to help you or support you, I don't think, uh, you're not always entitled to that, right? Like, um, and the best way I can say that is sometimes I see things online like, people who think they deserve things, even though at the end of the day, I don't think we all really deserve anything. You should have to work for it. So I've been very lucky that so many great photographers that I really admire have been kind to me or given me their time or given me their advice. Um, the two that I've been mentored by is uh, Jess Ohio and my teammate and coach, Josh Brandenburg. And they taught me a lot technically and professionally. They guided me along a lot because sometimes I had to be dragged to become better. Um, They gave me a lot of things to learn and think about. And really they've taught me how to shoot, how to edit, how to be the person I want to be in the field. So I think I've improved technically a lot the last few years and um, having this kind of mentorship and guidance professionally, I have a better sense of who I am and, 
why am I doing this? Like, I'm not just a kid with a camera anymore or someone who just likes being at the shows. Like, I come with a purpose. And I think when you finally have a purpose to what you're trying to accomplish, in a lot of ways, life becomes easier and clearer. So uh, you said you don't envision yourself as a kid with a camera anymore and you have a purpose. What specifically is that purpose? I want to put together the history of Muay Thai in the States. And I want to, as you know, I'm going to Europe now. I want to kind of draw um, all the connections, like make it, make it kind of united, show how people know each other, show like, um, you know, before we went on air, we were talking about who do I know in Amsterdam and who do I know in Europe? And um, a lot of the people I know are through people that I know here. And I, I really want to show how this sport bonds people together, how it brings people together, how you'll have friendships for the rest of your life, even if you're not teammates or training partners anymore. And um, I guess that's really my purpose. For a while, it was I, I really wanted to highlight female athletes. And even now, that's still very important to me and something I try to actively work on. But at the end of the day, I want to show how does this sport bring us together and why is it important that we support it, especially in the United States? Uh, that definitely seems like uh, something that resounds in your work a lot, too. We've talked about it before. You're just like love of taking those intimate uh, photos of uh, trainers and coaches. And then it seems like you're expanding outwards from that wanting to like show larger connections as well. Um, but you mentioned also uh, mentorship uh, with your uh, teammate. Uh, could you describe some of the specific things that uh, they might have taught you? So Josh is uh, my coach first. And then, you know, I guess then he would say teammate. And Josh was, um, how to put it, like Josh was the person who took photos at the gym. Like uh, we, he was kind of like our house photographer, our team photographer. And when you're on the sidelines, right, because I was never a fighter, I was never a competitor, I was never any of those things. I was just a student. When you're on the sidelines and you love I guess the art, you're, you think he's the coolest guy in the room, you know? Mm -hmm. so, um, and I'll say it like this too, like I, I've met a lot of athletes I really like, but going to glory, the person that I'm most excited to see is James Lost, you know? So I get to see him work, you know? So mm -hmm. um, Josh was my coach and teammate. And, you know, um, as I mentioned before, my coach was the one who told me, my coach Joe was the one who told me I should learn how to shoot. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. He was like, go to Josh. Josh is going to teach you. And Josh mm -hmm. taught me how to edit. Josh told me, don't hold your camera like that. What are you doing? Stuff like that. Like, he let me borrow his equipment. And, you know, if you do photography, you know how expensive that stuff is. He's let me borrow cameras. He's taken me as his assistant to, like, weddings, to events, to shoots. Like, and... Um, again, if you're a photographer, you know how good your assistant needs to be to help you to be efficient. And I was pretty useless a lot of those times. And he never got upset with me, never um, made me feel bad. He tried very, very hard to build me up. And I just really appreciate that because, you know, uh, talking again about being entitled or feeling like you're owed something or you deserve something like in a lot of ways I didn't deserve any of that like um I didn't I was just a student I, I mean I know I'm nice I know that about myself but you are did. nice you are I try sometimes sometimes I lose my temper but um <laughs> I didn't I didn't deserve those things and he gave them to me anyway and that's like a gift you know so mm -hmm. I really value and appreciate that gift yeah um, so you mentioned uh, that you worked for Glory before, I, and I mentioned earlier you worked for USMF. What are some of the other promotions you've worked for in the past, and how are they different from each other? Um, I want to be honest and transparent because if I said I worked for Glory, that would make me sound a lot cooler than I am. I've gotten. You're, you're cool. You're cool. So. <laughs> 
whether well, you work for you you did shooting for glory or not perry you're cool thanks matt well i yeah. i got passes to shoot at glory and uh i've gotten to shoot uh, i got to be Petch's personal photographer a few times at glory and then getting passes to shoot so that was pretty cool um I've worked Wait, i'm sorry I, who who did you personally shoot with? Uh, Pet. Oh, Petinong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pet. Uh. Or I'm not. I'm, is it Petinong? No. I'm sorry. It's. Fuck. Uh. It's Kiet Morgao. Oh, I'm. Yes. Yes. He's yes, yes, right now. I'm. Yeah. I'm spacing on his name. His first name, which is a little embarrassing, but whatever. I just um, call him Pet. So I, where, we know we're talking about the same person. Yeah, we are. We are, for sure. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, just uh, you asked the different promotions. And um, I feel like at this point, especially now that I'm leaving the States, I got to shoot for almost everybody I wanted to, like um, Justin Blair's Friday Night Fights, Chris Tran's Warriors Cup. I got to do Lion Fight, Glory, Kickboxing, Triumph combat um no boundary in boston triumphant on the west coast uh charlie Catone's muay thai super series and then i've done the tba wk usmpo i've done the ydl um i've shot like west coast florida obviously east coast vegas um the only ones i didn't get to shoot that i would have liked to shoot is uh wck and mm. uh the S4 series that um, Jesse from Boxing Club was putting together, but unfortunately, due to the virus, that was scrapped. But those are the yeah. only two left that I was like, man, I, I want to do this someday. Well, um, you know, potentially, uh, or probably not, but you're you're going to Long Beach, right? Uh, I'm going to Riverside, so oh, Riverside. I'll be in the area. So maybe the F4 show may open, you know, it depends on California. I mean, I don't think we should, you know, hold our breaths for it, but maybe. Um, you you mentioned, of course, that uh, you worked uh, with Pat. Um, I assume you worked with Aziz, his uh, trainer out here, and then um, Adrian um, as well. Uh, what, yeah. what was working with Pat um, and taking those photos like? Uh. For one, Aziz is like someone I hold in very, very high regard. Like he is, uh, like I want to be Aziz when I grow up, you know, like he's so cool mm -hmm. and very kind and generous and very, very knowledgeable. And uh, I really admire how he carries himself and how he treats others. So always working with him, at even, you know, visiting his gym, Seton, or um, being a part of the USMF team at IFMA, it's always, I always feel like I learned something from him, you know, and he's mm -hmm. very, he's one of those people that if you hang around long enough, he'll give you some gold. You'll walk away like, wow, I, I really understood something, you know? Um Mm -hmm. and working with pets is he's so much fun first he's really nice and he's really funny and kind of like that sneaky funny like under your breath funny and <laughs> I, I really like being around them because you know he's like this superstar right but oh sorry excuse the new york ambulance is passing by um <laughs> he he's just it's like these people are very high level athletes and coaches like the best of the best right but being in the locker room back backstage with them you feel like i don't know they treat you like you're their friend like you're not anything um not anything less i guess and mm -hmm. i've had the experience with some athletes where they're so cool and you meet them and they're like kind of someone you look up to they're like your hero in a lot of ways like um Example is like the first couple times I met uh, Tiffany Van So, and you know mm -hmm. she's from my hometown. And when I moved to New York and I was learning about Muay Thai and I was trying to find women in Muay Thai, I came across her and I was like, holy crap, this is so cool! Like this is someone who's from the same place I am, doing something I really love. And 
you know, when I met her every time, I was very starstruck, but she treated me like a person and uh, was just very nice. Like, I, I would say like appreciative that I admired her, but it, she didn't make it like, oh, I'm Tiffany, I'm cool. You, you should know I'm cool. She just wanted me to be like normal with her, you know? And I think that's the thing about Muay Thai, about you get to meet your heroes in a lot of ways, right? Like you look at these really high level athletes who train side by side um, with people who aren't professionals or amateurs. Like uh, another example is Elvis Gashi uh, from Glory is my teammate. And Elvis is one of the nicest people I know. He's so friendly. He treats everybody on the team, on the mats, like equal. Like when you walk in, you don't know that this is like a Glory superstar. You just think it's just a regular guy. So that's something mm -hmm. else I really appreciate about Muay Thai is that you can you can't train with like um you can't train with LeBron James, you know? Like yeah. train with Elvis Gashi. You can uh be teammates with these people. And I think that mm -hmm. really says a lot about the sport and how it keeps people so humble. Yeah. Um and uh, I just remembered his name is Pep Penom Lung, uh Kit Mugao. Uh so um yeah, that's it. Um, so you, um, you mentioned obviously working for different promotions. How are they different? I know you shot out here in Thailand before. Uh, was it different shooting if my fights and like shooting, uh, Friday night fights? What are some of the differences and difficulties in working different promotions? Um, if is, uh, you know what's harder than shooting IFMA is shooting TBAs. And I realized mm. that last year because TBAs is so huge. It's like huge. It's a huge tournament. And I like mentally prepare for TBAs for like maybe a week or two before. Like, holy crap, here we go. You know, it's going to be a big one. But TBAs is so much fun because you see people from all over and I get to be the person with the camera, like zooming around and running around. I'm like drenched in sweat by the end of the day. Like I, I like lose weight working TBA, but, um, mm -hmm. shooting ISMA is, um, I don't know how to put it kind of like high stakes a little bit. I feel like that's how it is because, uh, you know, I'm like reporting for USMF when I'm doing it. So I have to make sure to get certain shots I have to be in certain places at certain times like you can't really make a mistake you know um you, it, you don't get another chance right like uh mm -hmm. so I I mean I obviously I always try to take what I do very seriously and um do the best that I can ISMA ISMA is really cool I've gotten some really awesome shots from ISMA a lot of very emotional stuff and I've shot the kids twice and the adults uh, once in Thailand and the kids, I mean, I like the adults, a lot of them are my friends, but the kids, I really love being the kids photographer because man, you see like this little 10 year old outside, they're playing with their friends. They're just, they're being young. They're being a child, you know, and then you see them in the ring and I'm like, wow, I never want to fight you because you're so good. Mm -hmm. Um. So what what venue or promotion have you liked the most and why have you liked it so much? Um, to kind of go back to your question where you were asking how everything was different, I feel like for the most part, every promotion I've shot is generally the same, that the promoter is really stressed out and the best thing for me to do is stay out of the way and just get my job done. And mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've been treated very well by all the promotions I worked for, I can't say, um, I can't say anything bad about anyone, but, um, so it, it's hard too, because, um, you know how, like I said before, James is glorious photographer, like their main photographer or, uh, Scott, he works for Combate. Like, I feel like I've been a lot of people's main photographers, like Friday night fights. I'm their main photographer. Uh, you know, no boundary. The last show, I was the main photographer. So it's, um, I don't want to say that I pick one over the other, but Friday Night Fights, 
is the show that I, I you know, I, I used to sit ringside or not even, even before that, I used to be all the way against the wall because I couldn't afford the really good tickets. And I would watch my teammates fight and be like, wow, like these people are so cool. Like they're, uh, I want to be like them kind of thing. And then I got to be sitting ringside and writing about it. And then I got to be so close. I was like, if you watch this stuff, sometimes I'm kind of like halfway in the ring. And I got kicked in the face once from doing that. So after that, I was really careful. That was a bad, I have a video of it that I might as well post. I'm leaving so <laughs> yeah it's a it's definitely a very very interesting feeling like being so viscerally close to the ring uh you know I think photographers they get you know besides the referee I think photographers get the closest judges are like a little bit further away but like photographers often are like leaning into the ring like the camera like just jutting into the ring, poking yeah. at the fingers. Um, you know, definitely like uh, you'll see sometimes like the cameraman getting like knocked around if the fighters lunge around too much. Um, so what what are some of the sort of unseen challenges in doing photography and journalism for the sport? So it, starting with writing, because I went to school for writing. I always have been a writer. I have my master's in writing. I know how to write and I'm someone that people ask me for help and advice all the time. So I I would say I'm a professional writer, right? So I know how to tell a story. I mean, you've read some of my work and maybe sometimes I don't know how to tell a story, but uh, for the most part, like I know what I'm doing and I'm very confident in it. So um, Mm -hmm. I guess the hardest thing about writing is getting people to answer your set of time to answer your questions that can be the hardest and when you're spread really thin like i am sometimes like getting things done but that those are the hardest things um for photography when you're someone who doesn't know anything whatsoever you kind of have a freedom that you can you're making mistakes and you don't know that they're mistakes. So you're like, wow, this really grainy photo is awesome. Like I'm great. You know, you don't know any better. So sometimes that's good. But um, I think the challenge, the biggest challenge is uh, sometimes the cost. And I've like Mickey Mouse my way around a lot of things like borrowing equipment or I didn't even know you could rent equipment till some time ago. So that really should say like what I know. Um, but yeah, just the cost, sometimes things are expensive or, uh, you know, how we were saying earlier before we went on air that I'm like a really good troubleshooter. And the reason why that is, I think besides my life is I've had so many things come up in the middle of shooting, like, um, maybe the second time I ever shot weigh-ins for Friday night fights, my lens stopped working in the middle of... It, and, you know, later I found out it was worn out. But at the time, I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Like, I don't know what all yeah. these buttons mean. I'm screwed. I don't have time to Google it. Fighters are standing on the scale. And, like, this is – I guess they can see it now, right? Like, it's embarrassing. But I just pretended to keep shooting. Like, you don't even hear the <laughs> click anymore. I was just, like, yeah. pushing the button. And they're like, did you get it? And I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, now I would have taken out my phone or done something, but at the moment I was just like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. And um, I remember my coach and one of my teammates, Mark, were with me and I looked back at them in like panic. Like, I don't even know what to do. And Mark was like, just finish, just finish. Like, let's get out of here. And I was almost in tears because I was supposed to shoot the show the next day. And um, Mark was like, okay, who do we know with the camera who will let you borrow their camera? Like that right mm. away, you know, you know, they went into like problem solving mode for me. And that's also why, um, as far as like a student of the sport, I can't, I try to be very neutral and unbiased. Like to me, that's very important. And my teammates are very well aware of it. Like if they get hit, I'm going to post the pictures of them getting hit. It's never been, wow, Perry, you shouldn't do that. It's like, they know that. I'm a professional, I have a job to do, but I can't separate myself 
from the sport or separate myself from the team because they're so integral to it. Like I wanted to start shooting because I wanted to be at all their fights. Like I've never missed any of my teammates fights. You know, it's, it's important mm -hmm. to me. They're, they're my family. Yeah. Um, I definitely have had my own panic moments before. Like, uh, I think my biggest one was like, um, my battery dying. That's happened to me before. Um, I don't think I've ever accidentally deleted things, but I've definitely taken like way shittier photos than I should have. Um, I, I for the most part, and I know this is a bad thing to say, sometimes people can't tell the difference. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, I think that's uh, honest as well. Uh, something you mentioned uh, when you were talking about writing is like having trouble like tracking people down. Um, that is definitely something I've encountered with, uh, you know, I wouldn't say everyone, but, it's, you know, it's definitely it happens. Um, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think people are not um, like on the ball about getting back to journalists? If I'm being very, very honest, again, like talking about Muay Thai, like, for example, interviewing MMA fighters, they are uh, like, yeah, press is good. I love this press. I'm going to talk to you between my training sessions this could be really good for me for Muay Thai mm -hmm. for the most part it's like well you're gonna write this article and I'm not gonna get paid anyway so you know, like, <laughs> kind of like that and, and not no one no one has ever been disrespectful to me or disregarded me like it's not like that it's just kind of like the uh people have their normal life and you know even your normal life if you're not like in the sport it's pretty busy so I think sometimes mm. it's hard to um get back to people and then if you're someone who is like a like coach if you're a coach you're managing a gym you probably have a family you also have another job that you're doing you have to hold pads for your fighters at five like Terry, I have 15 minutes for you you better know exactly what you want to talk to me about you know so i i try to be really respectful of people's time because also um I think uh, people are self-conscious and they don't want to say the wrong thing or they don't want to sound like they don't know what they're talking about or anything like that. So, you know, it could be like nerve wracking, you know, to like talk to someone. And um, for myself as like a writer or a photographer, like as a photographer, I try to avoid posting photos of people getting knocked out, like the mm -hmm. really cutest, like people on the canvas kind of stuff. Like, I don't really like that. And um, as a writer, I don't ever want you to feel like, man, I, I shouldn't have talked to Perry. Like, she made me sound really stupid. I, I don't change what they say, you know, but I, mm -hmm. I just try to, I try to let people know, like, hey, tell me your story and I can help you uh, make it sound more like flow. You know, I, again, mm -hmm. I, I want people to trust me. That's really important to me. And if you don't try to do something where you're harming people or making people feel like stupid, they'll trust you. And that's how we get the sport to grow by like people working together and trying to support each other. And um, I'm, I'm not saying like pretend like the bad stuff doesn't exist or make someone sound like who they aren't, but I, how I want people, I want people to see themselves the way I see them through my work. Like, wow, it's like really awesome person, this dedicated person, this person who loves being in there. So again, again, this might sound crazy, but like, like shooting a fight night, like Friday night fights, I easily have sometimes seven to 10,000 photos at the end of the mm -hmm. night to go through. And I'll look at people's faces before I like decide to edit or publish it. Like, are you making a really ugly, weird face? Like, are you going <laughs> to want picture probably not so what's the point of me putting it out there like this could be yeah. something that would make someone feel embarrassed you know so mm -hmm. i don't want to do that you you save the outtakes you know for your your personal collection yeah i do have some pretty funny pictures and if you're like my friend you might get a screenshot of your face looking really dumb and ugly but i don't put yeah. it on 
internet. Yeah, that I, that definitely happens to photographers, you know, definitely speaking from my own experience. I've been able to take some very, very unflattering photos of people. <laughs> and I, I, hurt people. Go ahead. You, you don't put it out there to hurt anyone. No, yeah. I think, like, you know, there's a real onus on a photographers to represent uh, people in the best way possible, you know, not only, like, for the people, but also for the sport, you know. Definitely. Um, so you you've shot in different um, sort of areas of uh, Muay Thai. You've done like ringside uh, shots, weigh-ins. Um, you've done gym shoots. What are different shoots like, and how can you explain that? And what sort of the differences are? What some of the pros and cons are? Sure. So I'll start with weigh-ins because. Um, every single weigh-in I've ever been to, I have like a kind of a small panic attack before I walk through the doors, no matter how many weigh-ins I've done at this point, because the energy of weigh-ins is not like anything else. It's like not fun. Everyone is very grouchy and hungry and you know me, I'm very chatty. So I learn like, don't talk so much, you know, like no one wants to talk to you, you know? Um, and kind of how I do it because also if you know me I'm I'm, I think I'm pretty shy sometimes and I'm a little like nervous a little anxious so I kind of go from one person to the next person kind of my anchor right because I hate standing around awkwardly and I say hi and then I'm like oh you don't want to talk to me like hello and then I walk away you know so Mm -hmm. the energy (laughs) way is everyone really wants to get out of there and if you're like a chatty Kathy they're really not going to like you. And um, I uh, just try to get it fast. Like, uh, like I become really firm and straight to the point. Like, you kind of, uh, my coach always says in training, like, I'm being, uh, I, I don't have the time to think of how to say this to you in a way that's not going to hurt your feelings. I have to say what I'm saying so that you can do it so you can protect yourself, right? Like, one more training. Mm-hmm. And then when I think of weigh-ins, I don't have the time to be like, hey, so can you lift up your arms? Like, no, you don't want to hear that. You want to get out. So I'm like, arms up, fight pose, uh, lift your head up, like very, very firm kind of parry, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, weigh-ins are, weigh-ins make me really anxious. But um, mm-hmm. being ringside is my favorite thing. Like, I get like in a little, I'm t- as I'm talking about it, I feel my adrenaline. Like, man, I really miss this. But it's like, mm-hmm adrenaline rush like oh this is awesome everything from people walking in people fighting people back with their corners I'm just thinking like okay what's this uh angle I can get oh man I I see blood like how can I get the blood like I the whole time I'm just having kind of the time of my life I love it I love being in there and um it's exciting it's uh kind of like I kind of feel like it's a game like oh I gotta get this I gotta get that did I get that shot yet not yet you know that kind of thing um Mm -hmm. being in a gym is cool because as I've grown as a photographer I've seen my work on people's gym walls and to me that's like that like makes my day like coming in yeah coming into different gyms and seeing photos I've taken that makes me feel that makes me feel very special because I'm like wow I feel like a little part of your family or when you walk by and someone's like who took that they're like oh Perry took that like I really like that I like um I like leaving something behind a little bit like giving giving kind of like what I said about that gift like giving something giving people something that makes them feel good that maybe only I could do in that moment, you know, and um, going to different gyms is a lot of fun too, because I feel at this point, and that's kind of a hard part about leaving New York. Like, I feel like at this point, I'm everybody's, you know, friend, everybody's family. Like I can go to different gyms and kind of fit in with their culture or I'm welcome everywhere, which is a blessing, you know? And I, I don't, I try not to take it for granted or take advantage of that everywhere or in, in, in yeah. any place. Um, and then I guess the last part of it is like photo shoots, like sometimes for product. Uh, I did some stuff for InSight Style and I've done some stuff for 
different um, brands. And photo shoots are pretty cool too because I get to be creative. Uh, for the most part, everyone I work with has said, be creative, go for it. And I'm like, oh shoot, like everything's on me now. But um, <laughs> it's fun. And uh, as someone doing photo shoots, that's like the real professional stuff, right? So I've looked to those mentors I mentioned and asked them like, hey, how do I do this? You know, so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that you like uh, doing ringside photography so much. I personally don't like it. Um, I feel like it's a, you know, it's a race uh, to get like the best shot. Um, I guess maybe my experience has been a little different. Um, you know, most of my ringside photography has been like out here in, uh, in Asia, like at uh, like Raja Demnon or like, you know, some of the big shows like one championship. So it's like, yeah. you know, maybe something like glory where it's like these, everyone has like a huge camera and I'm like, you know, Oh, you know, my, maybe my camera is not big enough. That's <laughs> um, like a, that's like a, I, I hear what you're saying. I, um, something I've learned if I can share it is, um, you, you know, Esther Lynn, right. The, she does for MMA fighting and Esther is one of my favorite photographers ever. She's absolutely amazing. She's been so kind to give me some of her time. Like I've asked her questions and um, she's cool. I think she's a cool person. You know, I, I, I'm, I, for a long time, I was like, man, I want to do what she's doing. And at the very beginning, when I had a really shitty point and shoot that I got for like under 200 bucks and I, you know, I was like, Hey, I think my camera sucks. Like I'm realizing my camera sucks. I reached out to her and I said, what's the camera you recommend I buy? And she said, it's not even the camera, it's what you do with it. Like, what can you mm -hmm. create with it? So even now, like, I've gotten a much better camera since then. And, um, you know, like, again, if you're in photography, you realize, like, how much grain sucks or stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, but did I get, like, a good moment? Okay, that's what matters. Like, I got a good moment. Um, I, like, uh, one of my favorite photos is a photo I took of one of my coaches, Elijah, and he brought Elijah, or he, Elijah brought his daughter, who was only a couple years old at the time, to a smoker, and it was her first fight, and, you know, the photo I got, Elijah and his daughter looking at the, at the fight, and they're smiling, and you can see the ring kind of in the background, that picture technically is so bad, it's so underexposed, <laughs> it's so grainy, but I'm like, wow, this moment is special to them. So I think yeah. it's a great. I, I guess for me, at least personally, is, uh, you know, when it's ringside photography, you know, uh, I'm not sure, like, what what um, moments you can sort of create. Um, it's more like you're capturing moments, uh, whereas uh, I feel like when you're doing more outside the ring photography, you can sort of help create these moments a little better that have like a little more depth or not, not like the same point of view. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I would like to say to that, like, especially you who is so well-versed in Muay Thai that you wrote a book about it. Um, I think there's so many little things that happen. One, you would know better. You've actually fought. Like when you go into the ring, you cannot hide whatsoever. Like who you are is out there, right? So if you're a fighter or you're someone who's gonna run, you know when you're walking in. And the, um, the moments that are like special to me more so than action, because I think I've said to you before, like I don't think I'm a great action photographer, but like, you know, um, that final blessing, right? From your coach, or when someone's doing a wide crew or someone's sitting on the stool, like you can tell when, they, when they're sitting on the stool, do they still want to fight? You, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or even after the fight, when they're like hugging their opponent, like, thank you. Or sometimes you see someone really angry, like because they know they lost or stuff like that. All of that you see in the ring. And I think it's very real and raw. You know, they, at that point, they can't, they can't put on a face for me they can't post for me they can't do anything like what you are in the ring usually is who you are outside and i get to like capture that 
Do you find yourself sort of, uh, I guess like, I, I guess like in some ways I make a difference between like capturing and creating moments. Uh, do you feel like you, you create that many moments? Um, uh, the, one of the things I recently interviewed, uh, Tar, uh, who's a ringside photographer for uh, Max Muay Thai. And one yeah. of the things he said was when, when you take photography, when you take photos, you need to like think of the photo before you take it. So like you have yeah. the image in your head and then you capture it. Uh, so to me, like that's this idea of like creating these moments. I know I, I do it myself. I like position people around. I'm like, hey, stamp, stand there, move, you know, this way, get this out of the way, blah, blah, blah. What, how, how do you feel like uh, you deal with uh, capturing versus creating? Do you feel there's a difference between the two for you? I think what you said was a really good point about what Tar said. I'm like, man, I should have known this a long time ago. Um, <laughs> like, I learned something. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really think about it cognizantly until he told me. And then yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that, that's a really, really good idea. And it's something I've done before, but I wasn't, like, really aware of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear you. Um, so to answer that, I would like to say, uh, one, kind of like what Josh has told me, because Josh... Uh, as I mentioned before, with my coach and very helpful. And and also something Jeff has said as well about making sure you have everything you want in the frame. So if you're trying to accomplish a certain thing, make sure it's all in the frame, make sure nothing's cut off. Like make sure you have the picture you want to see in the frame. And then thinking about something Scott Carano has shared with me. Scott, you know, was, Scott is, like an OG, like he has done so much for, you know, combat sports. And um, he told me once about how he would even light up fighters while they're getting their hands wrapped. Like me, I don't want to disturb. I don't want to be in the way. I don't, I don't want you to know I'm there. And he can do all of that while making sure that they're lit properly, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I totally get um, about knowing what the shot is before you want it? I feel like because a lot of, like I said before, what I shoot is maybe more emotional. I think I have more of a reactionary thing. Like um, if I could tell this story, this example, um, at TBA 2017, when I was like, that was the first time I ever really shot anything. And if you look at the pictures, it's very clear. I didn't know what I was doing. I edited those photos on my iPhone, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I edit my, some of my photos on iPhone, on my iPhone, um, or use Instagram. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, maybe I'm trying to defend myself here, but I don't think it's the worst thing. Uh, well, you, you can tell, like, I, all I have to say is those pictures are really bad. And when fighters were asking me for it later, I was like, I don't, who are you? I wasn't there. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Oh, it was really bad. They're embarrassing. But um, yeah. so Charlie, Charlie Catone from Eight Limbs. And I love Charlie. I love Charlie. He's so cool. And he is like, man, he will cry. He will smile. He'll hug people. I always get great stuff from Charlie. Like my favorite pictures, a lot of them have Charlie in them. Um, mm -hmm. One of Charlie's athletes had just won the tournament. And she like stepped out of the ring and she was crying. So then Charlie was crying, and then the other coach, Christina, was crying. So I have Charlie, Christina, and Claire, and they're all crying, and they're hugging. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to take a picture of this. Like, this is great, you know? Uh -huh. And um, even though the picture technically is pretty bad, and I wish I – I didn't know to, like, keep originals at that time. So it's not like I have anything to fix now. Um that is one of my favorite pictures because you see, holy crap, like this means so much to them. Like they are a family. They did this together as a family, you know? Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. was kind of like a reaction. Oh, snap, people are crying. I got to take a picture of this. 
And um, the last PBA, it's like I say this kind of jokingly, but kind of not. I saw all these little kids crying because, you know, they were fighting. And I was taking pictures of all the kids crying. And the kids hated me. Like, what are you doing? Don't take pictures yeah. of me crying. But their parents later, they, like, loved it. They, like, loved it. Like, oh, thank you for capturing this moment. So, you know, when I come back to New York or warning everyone in Amsterdam, if you're crying, I'm taking a photo of it, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. I've, um, I've, uh, I was at a big, uh, fight at Lumpini stadium. It was a WBC fight and the, the boxer lost, um, a foreigner. He like, you know, he, he basically fucked it up. Um, and you know, he, he felt very bad. His Thai trainer like gave him a bit of a slap and, uh, he started crying, you know, understandably. And, uh, you know, People were, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a picture. And, you know, someone else was like, oh, don't take it. Like, this is pretty embarrassing. Um, so that it's is like. Too, yeah. What's that? That, that is yeah. a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's an embarrassing moment, but it's also like a real moment in the sport, you know? Yeah. Um, true. So it, it's a bit hard. Like, you don't. You don't want to like uh, exploit people, but like I think it's important to like tell tell all sides of the story if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And there's things that I've seen, like I've I've seen. Um, I try to think of it kind of to Tar's point, right? Like you want to know the shot before you take it. I try to think because I'm not so much doing this to serve myself, I, I think, right? I don't do a lot of what I do to like, oh, I'm gonna keep this photo forever. I'm like, does this, would this person wanna see this picture later? Would this mean something to them, you know? And I've seen photos of people who look really just awful after their weight cut and they look very sick. And I don't take a picture of that because I'm like, I don't wanna put, like I said, put something out there that will hurt them or, um, I don't know how to say it. Like, uh, th there was a picture I took of a fighter from San Diego after he lost a pretty big fight. And he was very distressed and upset and um, angry. And he was off to the side and his whole team was around him. It, it's a uh, steel MMA. And from far away, I was like, man, I shouldn't take this picture. Like the doctors are around. And, you know, maybe this is a very vulnerable moment. And that's something I try to take seriously like you're as a photographer you are allowed to be in people's most vulnerable moments so what you do with that is um it's precious you should be very like you should have a lot of integrity going into that and I took the photo of his coach and everyone else around and I posted a you know a little story about it like you know this guy had a lot of heart and it's upsetting to see people lose but he fights with heart and that's what matters most. And his coach told me later that they appreciated the photo. It meant a lot to them. So again, using like kind of my writing skills and context, like I have the capability to explain a little bit of what's going on. And um, like uh, another example is a, a photographer I know out here posted a photo of one of my friends knocked out and said something like mood. Right. And I was pretty mm -hmm. disgusted with that because I was like, dude, this is a person. He has a family. He's going to see this picture. That is a very vulnerable moment. And you're like exploiting it for gram likes. Like that's disgusting, you know? So yeah. like, I, so like I said, the thing about people crying and stuff like that, like I'm trying to be very cautious and aware of causing no harm. And, um, you know, so I've seen some people have reached out to me, like I took a, maybe to them, they felt like it was unflattering photo and they saw it in my like website where you can buy photos and they're like, please take that photo down. I do it immediately. Like I don't argue with them. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry if, you know, this photo upset you, you know, because I think as a, as what I do or what I try to do, I don't think of it as serving myself. I'm trying to serve the community, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It's interesting. There's a lot of like, yeah, as a photographer, you take, uh, you make a surprising amount of ethical decisions about 
how people are represented. Um, yeah. And people don't necessarily think about that so much. Um, you know, and like, you know, your audience. But also at the same time, I think, you know, different photographers have different like ethic, you know, you know, they think differently about situations, you know, ethically and, you know, what's okay at one moment and not okay at others as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very interesting. Like, and, you know, the, the, I just, you know, the, the sort of ethics of taking photos out here in Thailand is going to be much different than the photo, you know, photo taking in America. Um, like I at least assume I would like if I was taking photo photos in uh, like America, I would probably be more brash because like the you know I'm just like more more like uh, calloused to a lot of things. Um, you know, seeing like people lose, seeing people get knocked out, and you know stuff like that, I might be more calloused you know, if I took photos at home, but who, who knows? Does that I make think, sense? Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of based off what is the story you want to tell and how do you want to approach the story? I did mm -hmm. post one time a photo of someone being unconscious on the ground and their opponent was looking back. And then the next photo I put, right, like Instagram, how you can put slides, I put um, the photo of that guy holding his opponent and thanking him. And what mm -hmm. I wanted to do with that was show this can be a very vicious, violent sport, but at the end of the day, you both are walking in knowing the same things and knowing, like, this isn't my enemy. This is just my opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I don't think it's callous. Like, what I think is callous is, like, posting a photo of someone unconscious and saying mood. Like, you're, yeah. you're disregarding that person's humanity. But I think if you um, are very, <clears throat> if you know exactly what you're doing and why you're trying to do it, I think that's, um, I think that's different. I don't think it's callous so much. And I, I have shot next to you before, and I remember kind of where you were going and what were the angles you were going for. And I think, I remember thinking that you were very interested in the action and interested in, um, highlighting very specific athletes and mm -hmm. um what i was looking for besides like trying to get a good shot is like oh uh like uh from staten island vinny scotto vinny is like he's such a cool guy but and like cool as well as like very calm and level-headed but when he's blessing his fighters before they go into the ring you get this moment of Vinny, he grabs them by the face or by the head. He has both their ha his hands on their face and he's eye to eye with them. It's very intense. And he's giving them advice and he's telling them, I believe in you. You've got this. Like, you know what you're doing. And I'm like, wow, like that's a freaking awesome moment. Like this is Vinny as a coach. Like Vinny is in there with you. You, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's the stuff I'm looking yeah. for he's very um outside like i said Vinny is so like laid back easy going if you listen yeah. to the striking car he's talking shit to eric the whole time yeah. you know i mean he but he, he doesn't really say that much and when he does it's like oh eric you're an asshole you yeah know, stuff like that long, but... weird silence and then eric you're an asshole which you know <laughs> hopefully uh eric does listen to this and you know i'm gonna have to say i might you know you have to side with me here. <laughs> Eric is a very lovely person, but um, yeah, Vinny is. That's because you're said. nice. You're, well, you're a nice person, Harry. You're a I nice person. <laughs> I am not a nice person, and I just want to be blunt. You know, Eric Rivera. I'm not sure you're a good person. No, I, I disagree. <laughs> Anyways, next question. Let's yeah, go on, go on. Next. So uh, we're actually about winding down on our time, um, you know, before we talk uh, more shit on anyone else. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get to talk about? Um, I think because, as I have mentioned a lot of times, because I'm really excited to go, I'm moving to Amsterdam. And 
God please let the border open so I can get over there. But um, I'm really excited for this next phase. And I like sat on the decision for like a couple of months uh, with everything kind of just coming to a halt in New York and a lot of uncertainty in the state. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty logical decision to come to, but it's um, I'm not that I'm emotional that yeah, I'm pretty emotional. So it's hard to like talk about it without feeling kind of like a lot of sadness while feeling excitement. But I'm pretty sure um, with what I'm trying to arrange for myself now, I'm still going to have a lot of opportunities to come back to New York and come back to the States and still be involved. And I'm still going to be involved with USMF. I'm still going to be um, volunteering with them, even living over there. Uh, I made the mm -hmm. joke to uh, some of the uh, people who I work with for USMF, like, what if you see me at IFMA shooting Netherlands Muay Thai? Like, what, what's going to happen then? And they're like, oh, no, you're going to be on our team, you know? Um, but I just, I'm really excited to show uh, the community what I accomplished over there. And when I announced, I announced it, like so many people were reaching out. So many people were so supportive. And the last couple of days, I'm sure, like we mentioned before, just kind of all the craziness that's happening with me right now. I got literally like hundreds of messages, maybe I, I would say like a thousand. It felt like so many of people supporting me and reaching out to me and being very kind. And um, what I would like to say, because I feel like this is a great opportunity to do so, is I don't think I would be where I'm at without the support and love I've been given and people taking chances on me, um, you know, like Jeff and Marcy taking chances on me for USMS and giving me opportunities to really shine or, you know, my teammates, my coaches, my coach Joe taking a chance on me and letting me be involved in so many ways, even though like I have a bad habit of getting in the way and eating in warm up and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm just very grateful because like I mentioned at the beginning, I don't think anyone's entitled or deserves anything. And I've been given a lot of gifts. So it's important to me that I use these gifts that I've been given this information, this knowledge, um, and just all the support to, um, give back to the sport, you know what I mean? And, um, people who bought my photos when they were edited on an iPhone or, um, <laughs> people who let me borrow their equipment or, uh, just really great photographers who went out of their way to like give me advice or, um, it's just really cool. Like, I feel like I've had kind of a pretty cool life so far and even with all the challenges I've came across like I said New York is lonely and I've always kind of felt lonely but I think a lot of people have gone out of their way to show me that they're in my corner and they have my back so actually like going to Amsterdam I'm not even afraid I'm not scared I'm just I'm just sad I'm not going to be ringside at the next show you know yeah well, you've made amazing leaps and bounds in your career uh, here in the States. You've definitely put in a lot of hustle. Um, and I'm excited for you to make this next step to Amsterdam and overseas. And I, I can see your career only going further and up, upwards. Um, what is the best way for people to follow you? And or uh, you mentioned uh, your photos are for sale. Can you just uh, tell us where your website is and uh, best ways to follow you on social media? Ooh, I can plug myself. Okay. Um, so <laughs> give, give yourself a plug, girl. Yeah. Um, okay. So Instagram is at Terry, P-A-R-I, period, Terry, and then an underscore at the end because I guess Terry Terry isn't as unique as I thought and a lot of other Iranian girls have Terry Terry as their handle. So that's yeah. my Instagram. And then my website is terry-terry.com. And you can see my portfolio, read some of the work I've done, and you can purchase my photos through the purchase link. And if I can plug myself, this last thing is um, I'm selling some special edition prints and they're special edition because I 
normally wouldn't have made those photos for sale. And they're honestly some of my most favorite photos. And if you buy them, it helps with the very expensive cost of moving to a whole new country. So um, if you'd like to support me, it would mean a lot if you bought a print and the print is really nice and the person in the photo is very nice. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Perry, for taking your time out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with you in the future, both short term, uh, going to California for a while, and then moving onwards to uh, Europe. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. So that concludes the episode with Perry. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I really liked uh, the discussion of ethics. There's definitely a lot involved uh, with photography that goes sort of behind the picture, behind the scenes. Uh, photographers are definitely making a lot of choices about representation, about what they want to represent how people want to be represented. Uh, definitely in the West, uh, people make a big deal out of the way that they are represented on social media, um, which is different than out here in Thailand. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, Perry and I talked for a few minutes about that uh, offline. Uh, definitely follow along with Perry uh, in her journey. She's a great photographer. Um, I'm very excited for her to do big things in Amsterdam. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at LucasBKK. Um, also, my website, www.matt-lucas.com. This has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.